Welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. This is episode 123, and in this episode, we have guest Sasha Hockenhall on. Sasha is one of my very best friends in the world, often confused as my brother, but he's actually my cousin, and he has been my partner in a number of uh, bike races and ventures, but also in a whole bunch of adventures. So uh, we had a really fun conversation. He and Tyler know each other pretty well as well. So uh, just a blast to have him on. Thanks for doing it, Sasha. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company, who you can visit at statebicycle.com, and you can check out everything that they're doing there, all kinds of cool bikes and apparel. I see that they have their Wu-Tang Clan edition bikes back in stock, one of the most fun bicycle companies happening anywhere. So give them a look at statebicycle.com. And lastly, the podcast is brought to you by Wheel Science. They are the makers and builders of fine, high-performance carbon fiber bicycle wheels for any type of discipline of cycling. They even do mountain bike wheels now too. So check them out at wheelscience.com. If they've got wheels in stock that you want to grab, use code Adventure Audio. That will give you 10% off. But if you're not sure about what are the right kind of wheels in terms of all kinds of things, width, depth, uh, weight, stiffness, spoke count, there's all kinds of interesting angles to look at wheel builds and Peter Coombe from Wheel Science is one of the best out there at explaining that stuff and helping you uh, wade through some of that things. Because the worst thing that you can do is spend a ton of money on wheels and have it not actually improve the performance of your bike, which is the entire point. And that actually happens more often than you think. So even if you're getting nice expensive carbon fiber wheels, you might not actually be going faster if you don't get the right kind of wheels for you and for the type of cycling that you're doing. So check them out at wheelscience.com. That's it. Thank you everybody for listening. As always, we greatly appreciate you spending a little bit of your time uh, tuning into the podcast. So thanks for doing so. If you're able to give us a positive rating or review on whatever podcast platform you find the show on, thanks for doing so. On to Sasha. So we are here with Sasha Hockenhall, who is my uh, one of my best friends in the world. He's my cousin. He's also my business partner in the Crow's Nest Pass. 100 bike race uh, that we organized together so we're going to chat a little bit about that but to begin with why don't you tell us a little bit about um your background in sports too because nobody knows you yet so i know i probably know a little bit about this but i think it would go back to probably mostly snowboarding right uh yeah grew up ski racing really um when i was really young and then got into snowboarding kind of when i was 13 or so and didn't really i mean i had biked a bit when i was younger but i didn't really fall in love with the bike till oh probably my mid 20s that's when that's when the bike the bike really became uh kind of my mainstay for that at least <laughs> yeah a lot of trail running and everything like that too and that's when i started dragging you on bike trips oh yeah the first bike trip you remember that i would love to i would love to hear about it that's all Tyler. <laughs> but it was so yeah the first ride i had showed up with a borrowed borrowed road bike um no chamois just underwear and uh <laughs> some khakis khakis <laughs> like the short khakis though yeah like and, like like capri ones that you could kind of ride up roll up your leg a little bit but not yeah. narrow and uh we rode 80k that day i think at least 
Yeah. Yeah. And by the end, I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything downstairs. Um, <laughs> was walking kind of strange. I went the wrong way because I was a bit delirious and had to do like this other huge climb because I went down this long hill and stopped to saw a police officer and I was like, oh, hey, do you know how to get to uh, the ski hill? And this is somewhere I had been before. I just, because I was so tired, I didn't know where I was going. And he's like, oh yeah, it's back up that hill you just came down. Oh. So I had two monstrous climbs to get back. And when I get back, everybody's sitting in the hot tub chilling, and I am just totally shattered, barely walk. <laughs> Can't, yeah. yeah. Just that, was, complete... that was a fun first ride, for sure. <laughs> but you came back to it. You came back to it. Yeah, for that trip, actually, every every year till till the pandemic when we had to, you know, hunker down. But otherwise, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and fast forward to the Crow's Nest Pass race. How how that happen between you guys? Uh, how did that happen, Peter? Well, it kind of goes. I guess it probably goes all the way back to twenty twelve. Um, I texted Sasha randomly, thinking that I, I I had been thinking that I wanted to start a Grand Fondo, and I texted Sasha, and he was like, "Sure, what's a Grand Fondo?" I'm like, "Hey, you want to try and do this thing with me?" So we got it. We we had it all ready and prepared for. What were we? Were we July? I think we were July. It was our date back then. Yeah, it was July because the the epic floods. So anybody who lives in Western Canada will remember this. We had a terrible flooding in uh, June of 2013. So we were all set to go. Big road race. We had like 400 people registered um, on our first try too. So like wow. we were totally in over our heads. We didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like we had no idea what what hosting 400 people was like but we were like okay, we'll figure it out so june hits i guess it was i think it was like maybe mid-june and we're supposed to be hosting all these people in like three weeks and the floods happen and i'm i'm at work um but it's the news is happening and it's clearly getting like worse and worse um and calgary is divided by a river like a lot sure. of this, a lot of the cities on one side a lot of it's on the other side I worked on one side, like they were talking about closing the bridges and stuff. They're like, if you need to cross a bridge, like cross a bridge now, because they're probably going to have to close them. So Sasha and I are on the phone. I'm at work and I'm like, I'm still kind of thinking this is going to be fine, like for race time, right? <laughs> Sasha's like, no, he's like, this is not fine. So he's in Canmore. I'm in Calgary. The water's coming from the mountains. So it's like work. It's more severe there than what we know, like, because we're talking in like real time. And he's like, Peter, there's like a house in Cougar Creek, like <laughs> in the creek, like floating towards Calgary. Like this is not happening in three oh, weeks. Man. There's like chunks of highway missing, like not not like not like a bit of the shoulder, like the the road, you know, like 200 feet of the road just gone, washed down the road and stuff, or down the river. So we obviously had to cancel that one. It was tough. That was a tough start to entrepreneurship. For sure. So that was your very first event. Your this yeah. company? Oh wow! The, the flood fondo. <laughs> the flood fondo. <laughs> ever did was that. So we had like hundreds of refunds to deal with. Like it was, it was brutal. So that's that's how we started. But probably a good way to learn, right? You know, you know it was trial by fire. Then we ran yeah. the 
successfully for three or four years. Um, the everybody who has been like volunteered in an event or ever ran an event, I know we probably have a few event directors who listen to the podcast and will completely understand this. Road events are a different animal in, in some ways in that um, there's so much traffic control that needs to go on. So by the time, uh, and Sasha, I mean, you can interject anytime, but in my opinion, by the time we had run a number of events and we had really dialed it in, our traffic accommodation plan was so big and so expensive for permitting that it just made the Fondo not viable anymore. Like unless we were having seven or 800 people, which is a massive amount of pressure to put on yourself to have to, to like kind of crack that nut, right? So the Fondo just didn't kind of make sense to keep, so keep that, around. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, but well, we, so you shifted gears to the mountain bike race? Yeah, exactly. Well, bike bike shows, which people have heard about this yep. podcast, because that's how we know you and Jim. Uh, yep. But yeah, that's that's kind of what got us thinking uh, about dirt, right? Yeah. Which opened up a whole other can of worms of like <laughs> challenges, right? Because oh, what yeah. we, you know, like, I mean, you can talk about that because like Sasha's our event director. Like I, we call ourselves co-event directors. We're certainly co-founders, but I usually show up about three or four days after him and just kind of do what he tells me to do because he's already organized everything. Oh. He's <laughs> Um But but yeah, I, th I think our first mountain bike event, which was 2019, I think we took for granted set up, setting up in the woods is a lot different than driving to setups. Like we intellectually, we understood that difference, but it's like wh whatever we thought we needed for time, we definitely needed more, hey? Oh yeah, we got, we got totally hosed that first year. And we, <laughs> I mean, yeah. we had a hundred, hundred kilometers of course to set up and you know, I showed up, I showed up a week ahead of time and just got out there and it was like spaghetti. There was trails everywhere. Just so there was so much course marking every, every kilometer you went, you'd be like, oh, here's another five way <laughs> intersection. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. So that setup just shattered me. I, I bonked more than once like the people often ask me oh are you why aren't you doing the race this year <laughs> and i'm like oh i've just been in the woods for seven days marking trail and i am shattered <laughs> and on yeah. top of that the profile is like shark's teeth right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, it's a pretty nasty course for sure okay. yeah but like yeah marking it is i mean that that very first year so we've changed the the race format but that first year I was still marking trail um, the morning of, right? So we had it marked toward the finish. And then, so we released racers and I was still marking trail as they were, like we kind of really just, just finished. It's pretty intense. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good for you guys. Good for you guys. It's been- So uh, tell, us about been... All the, tell us about all the race formats we have now too, because as much work as it is, we've only grown it and made it more work. Right. <laughs> yes and no i mean uh so we've added gravel this year that'll be a 50k loop um and that one's vehicle access so that'll be that'll be an easier setup i don't want to say easy and and uh ruin myself again there but uh <laughs> <laughs> so that one is all vehicle access and then we've added uh so for the mountain bike we have the 30k the 50k 
and then the 100k which is double the 50 loop um so the 30k shares a lot of the 50k uh ride uh it just cuts off obviously 20k and and uh uses some bluer trails rather than sending people up uh big bear which is our our big gnarly piece of the course that's a black diamond i think it's a double black i think some of it should be called the red but <laughs> that's just me yeah me too me too or yeah. at least from below would be flashing red it's it's pretty intense up there yeah it is both especially at race pace, like yeah. race pace and then you get thrown down a you know it's only a eight foot cliff but it's an eight foot cliff wow, <laughs> wow. yeah a so it's a tough course it's a tough course yeah yeah right okay and when and what it's in august correct it is yeah august 6th 6th is the mountain bike race which is the saturday and then okay. uh gravel racing is sunday so we're trying to make it like festivalish, you know mm -hmm. and, um, enjoy the vibe down there like it's a super underrated part of canada i was gonna say alberta but it's an underrated part of canada period it's incredible in the so it's like the southwestern corner of uh Alberta, correct? Right, close to BC, right? Very, it's so close to BC, in fact, that people have given a shit on social media when we advertise it, saying Crow's Nest Pass is in BC. <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not in BC. We know, yeah, where, we sure. know where we are. It's in Alberta. Yeah. It's, it's uh, very it's similar to Canmore in the way that it's it's like the front range of, of the Rockies, right? So right out of the Crow's Nest, you're onto the foothills, into the prairies, right? Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I think if you look on a map, like it's probably straight in a pretty straight line south of Canmore, right? Pretty close. Yeah. 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 And it's beautiful, beautiful spot there. You know, and oh, what's yeah. the name of that big rock slide that happened years ago there? hundred years ago? Frank Slide. Frank Slide. It has it has an incredible history, tragic history. So Frank tragic. Slide and yep. um <clears throat> team we're gonna have to find we need a we need a show producer so they can fact check as we're talking i think it was 1913 it, 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 and it completely buried the town of frank uh, or almost completely buried the town of frank and then the hill the hillcrest mine also had a collapse uh in it at one point which may have been caused by an explosion which actually killed more people than the disaster of frank so it's um there's a history of coal mining in the region uh, rum running because of its proximity to the U.S. border. So during Prohibition, oh. it was a real hot spot for gangsters. It's got a really, really cool, cool and epic history down there. It's it's special. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a beautiful drive. I mean, that's the way I head on a drive back to Missoula or drive up from Missoula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd have to right through it, right? Like that's yeah. probably the fastest way. So yeah. it's right between us, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, yeah. Um, Guys. So when did you guys, I know you don't do them anymore, but when did you guys start the bike shows? For what, Calgary and Edmonton? Was it 14 or 15? It's one of those two, Sasha. It, yeah, it was one of those two. And I actually wanted to say, uh, thinking about Big Bear and that cliff, like the hardest part of our course. Uh, you know that, remember that group of guys that comes down from Edmonton? Yeah. Yeah, and there's like, there's like, 11 of them that ride together they ride the whole race together and they did a video last year and it's them 
doing like a chain of people handing bikes down the cliff. Oh, you remember that video? Totally. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. It's like, you know, when people make human ladders, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Wow. Like this, they've made this assembly line where they're handing down these, these, like these racing bikes because they're all of them are like, <laughs> I'm not launching myself off of that. So it's, uh, it's from a skill, both from a physical endurance standpoint and from a skill perspective, it's a, it's a tough course. I think there's even some really skilled riders. Uh, there's some spots where some of them will walk, which is okay. So if, if you're a beginner, intermediate type rider, you can walk it comfortably. We don't want to scare people away, right? Totally. Yeah. Or, or race, yeah. The, race the 30, um, which is all blue sure. terrain and is still yeah. going to challenge you and still include you in the bike weekend. And, but then you'll spend less time off of your bike. And then if you're inclined, <laughs> Um, you know, come come for a little bit longer and then go check out Big Bear or hike it and imagine what it would be like to race it and maybe think about doing that the following year, right? Or if super, super gnarly uh, double black diamond stuff isn't really your bag, uh, no, A, know that the whole course isn't like that. Or B, maybe bring a gravel bike. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it how is, long would it, it take to drive there from like Calgary? Second. I okay. mean, that's the crux of the course, but it's it's only you know, 15 feet of gnarliness and, and, and the rest of Big Bear is, is in the black diamond realm. It's not, it's not super hard. There's just one little piece that you're like, Ooh, that's a little gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Calgary, it's two and a half, two and a half hours. Two and a half. Okay. So, uh, five mm -hmm. Edmonton. Sure. And then five from Edmonton. What about from like Vancouver? I think you'd be a solid eight hours, probably eight to nine from okay. that yeah or okay. from and then seattle is surprisingly about the same distance like it sure. you, can, you can come really fast up through like spokane yeah if and if you're coming from montana it's pretty easy like missoula is probably what three hours four three, hours maybe four, three. Right? yeah i'd say four yeah and, like and it's get across the border right now and and smoother so we hope we hope that we have a good contingent of uh u.s racers given our proximity to the border for sure yeah so, um, yeah, how, do people, how do people yeah. register? Crowsnestpass100.com. You can find uh, course descriptions, maps, uh, pricing, waivers, a lot of information about the area. And oh, and we should also give a shout out to the United Riders at Crowsnest Pass. So that's a group who are a nonprofit <laughs> organization down there. They're called UROC, U-R-O-C. And they're an incredible group of people who take care of and build trails down in Crowsness Pass. So we donate a portion of every registration. We said that we would do that when we started the race and we'll do it as long as we're there. Um, and we do it, donate it directly to UROC. And if, like anybody listening, give them a follow because A, you can see what they're doing down there and some of the incredible trails that they're building. But you're also up to speed on when they're building new stuff, like they're building a new trail right now near the ski hill. Um, and we, as we get into some of that trail network, as we come back towards the ski hill, um, as they build trail, we might, we might switch up little parts of the course and start to feature some of the new stuff that they build to show it off. But they're, they're just an awesome, awesome group and they've completely changed that area. Like, do you remember when we had Dave Weens on? Yeah. Um, and Dave's really, really involved in trail building and stuff, right? So like the more I've learned about that, it's really fascinating and how a lot of little mountain towns that had their origin 
often in mining have sort of reinvented themselves as mountain bike destinations, right? Like that's happening all over the U.S. All over, all over. Yeah. Durango, especially. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so well, this is exciting. I'm excited for you guys. Sounds like a great race. We're going to have a, we're going to have you up one of these years. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Maybe this guy will race someday. Well, <laughs> In a couple of years, they've got incredible kids trails down there. They've got like little ripper sections and stuff you can do on run bikes. And they've like, it's, it, they've really made it a destination for everybody and for families and stuff. So yeah, when he's ready to rip in just a couple of years, you'll have something to do down there too. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It's great. And, then, and then bike shows, um, man, 20, Nick, they kind of just, wait for ahead. But like, man, talk about sliding doors, hey? Like, because Sasha, like you, I guess you probably don't know this, Tyler, but when we were, we were like, let's, the, the shows were growing. They were generating enough revenue where we were like, hey, we can have, we can probably afford to have somebody up to talk here and like, who would we like? And I followed road cycling really closely in the 90s and early 2000s. And we were sort of thinking about like that whole core group of stars of cycling in that, in that era. And we went through like a long list and and then I reached out, I think, on your website. And, and the bottom of the list was me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had like eight, nine no's. We got to Tyler Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like, it's so funny. We could have had somebody else up there and maybe we wouldn't have hit it off. And no, no podcasts, no bike camps, no friendship. Like, who knows, right? So yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Well, thanks again for inviting me up. Oh, it was, yeah, it was hilarious. Like we just, uh, the four of us, including Jim, just all hit it off and yeah. the rest is history. And, and Ryan Corey too. Yeah. Ryan Corey, yeah. 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 Um, so, well, there we go. There's the, uh, there's the deets on Crowsness Pass. Sash, any, any other um, words of wisdom for potential racers? Oh, be, be, be prepared to be shattered. Um <laughs> Every time I get out there and I think, oh, it's just 50K or, you know, oh, it's just 30K, you get out there and it's just, oh, there's a lot of climbing, a lot of climbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Deep, difficult, um, all of that stuff. Like we had people coming across the 100K finish line last year. One guy just looked at me and he's like, that was savage. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what we want to hear from people. Like we had, uh, that's the point, right? We had a 63% finish rate on the 100. Wow. We had people who did one loop and then they were just like, because it's a site, it's a, it's a mind fuck to be, to be by your car and at camp halfway through the race, right? Cause like, oh yeah, you yeah. can, you can <clears throat> pull the, and some people did. Like they were just yeah. like, they're like, I just can't do that twice in one day. They're like, good for you guys. That's a crazy race. Yeah. So yeah. people can camp out there. Yeah, you can, first of all, it's a great area for camping. There's a whole bunch of cool places to accommodate yourself, both for trailers and tent camping, like all through that piece of the valley. So uh, spots, including like right in the town sites of Crow's Nest Pass, because Crow's Nest Pass is a municipality made up of like five old town sites, but they're all essentially adjacent to one another. Um, but we actually have the whole entire ski hill area for the, it's a small, it's a very charming old wooden, lodge and a large ski hill area that people can camp that's you know you're dry camping right like there's no 
there's no uh, hookups or anything like that. But there are facilities in the lodge that people can use for washrooms and that kind of thing. And uh, I think we can still, we, we're probably getting pretty close to full for camping up there. But uh, um, probably about probably about halfway there. Uh, but, but what I was going to mention is I was down there uh, a couple weeks ago, just meeting meeting all of the uh, government officials that we do permitting with down there, and just you know getting a better grasp of of what their goals are and and what our goals are. And uh, so I was down there doing some riding, and obviously it snowed on me. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it seems like every time I'm out there checking the course, it snows on me. But uh, so I was out there riding, got super muddy, and I actually found a spot that I've driven past like many, many times on the old Old Man River. There's a really cool campsite like just off the road, right on the Old Man River that I stayed at that night. It was yeah, a really beautiful spot just outside of town here. There's lots of cool zones all over the place there to camp. Yeah. There's a ton of cool little nooks and crannies, but we're going to have up at the ski hill if you want to stay there. That's where the action is. You're going to see riders coming through. It's a start finish line. It's also a, it's also acts as a rest area. Cruelly and on purpose, we have people have to you have to climb up the ski hill road to get back to it. So even if you're not, even if you're uh, through a lap, you need to climb that hill again. Um, and it finishes on a really, really steep hill too, because my dream is that one day some two guys are going to come out of that last piece of single track, like right on each other's tail. And, the, and then that piece of hill is going to decide the, the race finish, um, which would be pretty dramatic. So we're hoping for that. We're starting to attract some pros and, and semi-professionals and stuff, which is really cool. Um, but it's, it, it's a vibe up there. We're going to have a beer garden this year and a food truck. And so it should be a pretty good hang, but lots of lots of camping and accommodation options for sure. Uh -huh. is, is it the ski area to the south as you're heading down towards Calgary off the pass? Is it that ski area to the right? So your ski, ski area? Yeah. Uh, uh, right off the highway, you can kind of see it to the right there, to the south. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it looks beautiful. If you were coming yeah. toward Calgary, it towards would be Calgary, your, yeah, it would be on your right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's so called Pass what's Powder. What's it called? Pass Powder Keg Lodge. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's a great, great local little ski hill. I've never, I've never skied at it, but it's definitely popular with the locals and is well supported. Um, but the crazy mountain bike network in there. That's great. That's great. Yeah, they've done a. U Rock has done a really good job with with the area. It's uh, it's impressive the trails. And actually, the only reason we ever met them in the first place was because of the bike shows, too. They they oh, were yeah, they were I they were at the same show you were at, Tyler. That's oh wow! Yeah. There you go, small world. There yeah. you go. Actually, in fact, I think Sash didn't Tyler sign your U Rock hat? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have a signed U Rock hat. Nice. Full circle. <laughs> That's funny. There That's you funny. Go. I remember yeah. playing bike polo up there in that first one in Edmonton. That was great. Yeah, I still, uh, Sash and I still owe you and Jim a match because uh, we were supposed to do a U.S.-Canada match and we never that's did it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we would have waxed you guys. <laughs> From a bike hand? I think the first time I hit a ball, I scored. So, you know, I'm a natural. <laughs> There's a missed career there. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good crew of people. Yeah.
yeah those bike polo guys were crazy okay yeah, well are. that's yeah. that's what we wanted to do we wanted to chat a little bit about the bike race um awesome to have you guys reconnect a little bit and yeah, yeah for sure it's great to see you Ty. great to see you sasha yeah say hi to the gang for me yeah we're gonna see all of each other in august and ride some bikes that'd be great yeah yeah we should we should do some riding this year borders are open again yeah <laughs> yeah Okay. Thanks, right. man. Thanks. Hey, what's the name of the website again to get for the race? It's Crow's Nest Pass 100. So, like the numbers 100.com. Sure. And awesome. that, that contains the race info for all six race distances in both disciplines. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, great well, to see thanks, you, Sasha. Thanks yeah. For thanks, me thanks, on. For, yeah. Thanks for coming on. We'll catch yeah. you later. We'll catch you later. Yeah. Take care. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. We will be back next week with another guest interview. Um, thank you again to Sasha for spending some time with us. If you want to check out the bike race, it is Crow's Nest Pass 100. That's 100, Crow's We have three different races uh, for mountain biking. We have three different races for gravel. Come and check it out. It is absolutely one of the coolest parts of Canada. So Crow'sNestPass100.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you.